Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to Two Welshmen and Englishmen Walking to a Tavern, episode three. We're going to be talking about our games of the decade, possibly our game of the decade. It depends if we can all agree on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say we can't already. <laughs> We've not even started, but um, no. we definitely won't be able to agree on them anyway. But first off, I want to start with how your guys' weeks have gone, how, what have you been playing have you played anything new? You know, what's what's been going on in your worlds? Uh, we'll start off with, I want to just say a friendly reminder, the human eye can only see uh, 24 frames per second. <laughs> uh... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you never heard the language before. <laughs> no, I heard that it was something like this 72 frames per second. There, There is there is no perceived human eye rate of perceiving frames. Okay. Just, does, does, just doesn't work like that. But uh, now, um, I believe the... 24 FPS is the point at which the eye starts to notice the difference between true motion. It's yeah. what's known as true motion. At 24 frames per second is when um, pictures just become movement, and that's why all movies oh. are recorded in 24 frames per second. <clears throat> oh, okay, so there you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> And uh, a lot of people who try to, to try to bag on the PC community and claim that, uh, oh yeah, why do you need all these high refresh rates and high frame rates? The human eye can only see 24 frames per second anyway. You're wrong. And it's just, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just you're very, no, very no. wrong. I mean, no. especially when you need to have that split second. Me, me being a FIFA player for so many years. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's just get over that bit. Because um, I have a capture card. I've recently upgraded my capture card, but I used to play it through that onto my PC screen, and that capped at 30 frames per second. Oh, that's awful. And, yeah, I always thought that I was severely lagging, because it's FIFA, and the servers are crap. Um, I'm not going to beat around the bush. They're terrible. And um, <laughs> I then... I played for it for so long, I kind of got used to it. Went back to just a normal TV when I decided I wasn't going to, like, stream FIFA. This was a couple of years ago now. And oh my god, you can tell the difference from thirty yeah, to sixty. It is, it's crazy. I, I'm, you can absolutely tell the difference. But I, I guess I you. Actually, uh, I had to stop playing Assassin's Creed um, Origins. Origins on Xbox because later on in the game you get to some of the uh, like beautiful cities. Don't get me wrong, very highly detailed, but that's exactly the downfall. I was only playing on a standard Xbox One, and so. Every time I got there, my frame rates would just crap down to, honestly, I think, less than 30. And I, I can't handle it. I've been playing it higher than that for so long. Yeah. I can't go back. I've I tried. It, come, it comes down to what you get used to and how yeah. you perceive it. Because, you know, way back when, when I used to play on consoles and consoles only, I used uh, I used to experience games. Um, they were obviously running at 30 FPS and I didn't see an issue. They were fine. They, they, they played gloriously. Um or at least to me, whereas uh, you know Leechy here, who's been playing on PC for a lot longer, <clears> you can <throat> say, "Oh, this feels awful. This feels awful. How can you be okay with this?" And I'm just like, "That was like Halo 4." Yeah, for example. And I'm just like, "What? I, I don't see the issue. This feels fine." And then obviously, when I built my PC and started and became a PC gamer, trying to go back, it's like, "Oh my God! I used to think this felt fine." Yeah. Oh. Not just not just that. That whole movement from console into PC. When yeah. you first start using a mouse and keyboard as well, uh, slightly changing the subject here, is um, 
completely getting used to the keyboard and the mouse and you think oh this is i'm never going to get used to this this is really difficult it it's really challenging to kind of perceive it and then you play it for so long you get used to it you go back to a controller and oh my god it's oh, horrible it's um, it's my, my, my dad has been playing resident evil 2 on uh, xbox because i bought it from christmas and he asked me to do a section for him the other day and oh my oh my dear lord He's got it on like the easiest difficulty, so the zombies are just like lumbering at me, slow as all hell, and I'm just cheesing my shots completely. Yeah. Because analog sticks just. <laughs> yeah. Any kind of shooter, that's it. It is game over. When I um. I, I used to play Battlefield Three on like max sensitivity. Yeah, way back when. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like Battlefield Two on like insane. See that? Oh. Oh, those were the days, but that, that's what you were used to at the time, like. Yeah, I, I yeah, now, couldn't do it anymore. No, with, with cross-platform play, um, like I've been able, I was able to play Fortnite with people, I've been able to play the new Ooh. Call of, du Call of Duty. Sorry, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Fortnite, it's Get a terrible, out. terrible game. Done, mate. It's Go a terrible, terrible a game. <laughs> um, I'll build a tower and jump off of it, that's how bad that game is. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the new one that came oh, out this your year. Your base just went from four to three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, the cross play with that is really nice because I can play with people um, yeah. on console. I play with a lot of friends that I went to school with. I play FIFA with them. I play stuff on the Xbox, and now I can play on my PC, and it's just so much better because I used to have to go and play with them. Like when when Modern Warfare Two became backwards compatible, backwards compatible, we all played it. But because I was on a console, oh my god, I was useless. I was so so bad, and now I'm playing you any better on keyboard? I'm 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 better <laughs> I'm better with a mouse than I am a controller, and I'm not all that great with a controller. Uh, sorry, with a mouse to be fair. <laughs> so I go back to a controller, and I just I look like I'm just going, hey, just clapping away, because I'm I'm so useless. <laughs> I'm so useless with a controller, I, but I completely derailed this conversation <laughs> right from the get-go with one joke. It's fine. It's at the end of the day, it is. It is a thing. Like, you entered with this like planned setup of how you were going to start it, asked the question, and just that went out the window. I know it's good to know. <laughs> You're obviously making a joke about something that's been going on in the world uh, to do with gaming and. And so, uh, for, for many, many years. Yeah, <laughs> which more than twenty-four. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Now, I'm, I'm you personally. I'm used to fifty, sixty FPS because I stream. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I, a lot of my time was streaming a couple of years ago. Of course, you've got to really balance your system to how much resources you're putting into your streaming software and how many resources you're putting into your game. Um, so that you're not dropping frames in either the game or on the stream and you're you know you're making sure that it's good enough for people to view yeah so i'm always used to the 50 60 frames per second but i've at first hand experienced how much of a difference just 30 frames can be it's incredible and i'm looking more and more to push my system as far as it can go but really i only want to see high frame rates on like Star Citizen for example because that game is stunning but it's yeah. so resource heavy at the moment 
I told you in the last episode, I'm going to bring up Star Citizen at least once. <laughs> Don't worry, though. Yeah. It's not like in my game of the decade or one of my games of the decade for two good reasons. One, it's not released. And two, it's ho- it's really, really hard to play at the moment. At the rate it's going, mate, it'll be next decade we're talking about that. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just where we're in, all croaking. Leechy sounds like he smokes like 60 a day. A like... in a decade. Yeah. Implying that I'll still be a thing in a decade. I'm going to die of diabetes or something. Uh... Anyways, uh, Leechy, what have you been up to this week? Uh, so, not working, okay. if you haven't noticed. I've yep. got a bit of a thing going on. Um, so, yeah, not working. Um, which does mean a lot more time for sleep. And video games. Yeah. It's not bad. He's making the right decisions. <laughs> um, been playing a lot of Assetto Corsa still. Foxhole uh, yeah, is something we both it. have been playing recently. Yeah, Foxhole's uh, something much, but... new. Yeah. And it only yeah. dabbled because it's a very in-depth game, <clears> to be honest. <throat> but you wouldn't think it, but yeah, that's pretty in-depth. Uh, what else have I done? trying to think man I just, i'm like so so into a setter at the minute that it's basically all you're playing that and yeah, siege yeah. yeah that and see yeah siege i'm playing siege again um servers aren't as bad as they used to be i will say that they're not not perfect but they're not okay. as bad as they used to be yeah i remember you said in the first episode because i i, <laughs> I, I uh, consistently <laughs> I rewatch these boosted. episodes no <laughs> i got called uh called out on boosting apparently Yes. Uh, because I was the highest rank in the game or whatever, but I had, uh, I completely donated my match before, and some guy felt the need to check our stats the second we loaded in, which is pretty try-hardy if you ask me. But... For those who don't know, donating is getting zero kills. So you have yeah. a nice fat donut on your kill count. Yeah, so uh, my, my last match last night, um, I had zero kills. Even though, like, that match, we won it and I ranked up to Platinum 2. So I definitely shouldn't be getting zero kills uh Plat 2. You are welcome. Um, yeah, getting carried. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, this uh, this dude felt the need to check everyone's ranks the second we loaded into the game, which, honestly, is a little bit sweaty. I, I, I think you're a bit of a try-hardy little prick if you do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was basically saying that I was boosted because I'm a Plat 2 and went zero kills in my last match. And I only actually managed three kills that match. Um, but apparently people haven't heard of bad games. You know, it fucking happens. Mm. Well, I mean... Sometimes you just play like a complete pleb. Yep. Sounds just like and, League of Legends. Like, on, on, honestly, right, Platinum 3, uh, which is where I was at the time, is painfully average. Like, people think that that is a, a good high rank. It's fucking not. Like, so it's many players in Platinum 3. It, it, it isn't straight up the average. Like, gold gold three to gold one is sort of the average area. But, well, I was looking at the stat composition literally yeah. earlier today. And there are, according to R6 tab, which is not the official um, game statistics, but they do plug into the, the stats. Um, according to them, there are actually more plat three players than there are gold one players. So it is a very average spot to sit. But people see you, they see a logo... And it's like at one point I was literally a couple of points into Plat Three, and some guys like, "Oh my God, Plat Three! Like, are you boosting these guys?" Because uh, Rooster and everyone else that was in the lobby with us were all gold, gold. but well, I was, it gold was literally one, was one rank lower. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was one rank lower, and it was a matter of a couple of MMR points because I was literally a couple into the rank that I was. People see the low, 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 uh, start again. Um, people see the logo and they like lose their head. They're like, oh, yeah, you're clearly boosting or being boosted because, you know, you're this rank and you should be good, but you, you're having a bad match. But they don't say you're having a bad match. You're just a shit player, apparently. It's the same with um, any, any competitive games. Yeah, any, I, I, I don't see the need for it, personally. You know, we've, like... Jealousy. It, they, they were so big and smart, right? If they were that into the stat reading that, uh, oh, yeah, but you donated your last game, her, her, um, go and check my history. Because if they're that caught up that I was boosted, look at who the highest rank in the lobby was every single time it was me. How can I possibly be the boosted player if I'm the highest rank in the lobby? Yeah, it's a fair point. Very fair point. I, do you know what it was? I had very good placement matches. I came out of my placement um, one win away from plat three. I had a really good placement uh, set, which is 10 matches. But I chose to play all 10 of those matches with at least a four-man team. And we I lost only three of them. Of the 10 games, I lost three. So I had a very good placement rank. And that's the only reason that I, I managed to... Uh, get to plat three in the first place. But that being said, I've maintained it longer this season than I ever have in the past. So I don't know. To me, that kind of says that that's probably my rank. Mm. Being able to get to a rank is one thing, but it's when you actually hold it and sustain it is when you can consider yourself that rank. Yeah. But it's like I, I hit plat two last night. I lost it today. So until I manage to maintain it, I'm plat three as far as I'm concerned. Mm, that's fair. But yeah, yeah that's, that's what I've been doing. A set of Corsa, just grinding up my uh, safety rating on there. And overanalyzing uh, everything he does on Siege. Yes. <laughs> Very bad for that. I'm um, I'm slowly getting round to playing the game again. Siege. Oh, what's that? Siege. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've, oh, just come join us. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm not... I'm not... I'm on the fence. Um, I'm not 100%. Is that ranked now? There is an unranked mode, which has all of the rule set of ranked without a rank. Mm. So less of the pressure. It's actually uh, it's where I was primarily playing until just one day, just someone match made us for a ranked match for whatever reason, and that was it. Because I was like, I was stuck behind this hurdle. I was like, I don't just, I, I I I don't know. I have a bit of a mental block as far as my rank is concerned. As much as I try to tell myself that this silly little icon on screen doesn't matter for shit. Like I still have this thing that it kind of does, you know. It's I like to I like to climb the ranks and like to know myself that I'm improving or whatever. Um, so I tend to get a little bit more caught up on my rank than I should. But by playing a lot of unranked before going back into ranked, it just gives you that mindset of playing the ranked game. Yeah. Because for all intents and purposes, it is. It just at the end of the matches accounts for nothing. But in terms of like banning operators and the way you play and the matches only being three minutes long, it's it, you know it's all the same as ranked. Yeah. Yeah. Usually you should come play with us anyway, even if we go back to unranked for a little while, so that you can get into the swing of things. Yeah, I might do. I'm um I'm really contemplating it at the moment because it's a good game. Because we we uh we do fluctuate <clears throat> between having three men on at any one point or four. Yeah. So we could possibly make a five. Or we'd always have a fourth. Well, I think I think my point for it kind of leads on to what I've been playing um, over the last week or so. So, <clears throat> I was playing FIFA, 
doing the weekend <laughs> league, <laughs> streaming it, right. and I went full rage mode. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't surprise me. I went honest. full like I don't I do not rage like seriously bad. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> at, at most games, like I do with FIFA. FIFA. I know what you did. What. <laughs> When you raged, I know what you did. What? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you did. Never mind. Um, let's move on. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, that that was one of, but I raged quite hard later. But nothing. Multiple times. Nothing it? happened. <clears throat> um, yeah, that wasn't good. So for that very reason, I've decided to not really play FIFA anymore. And most probably boycott the game because oh, no. cancel be culture <laughs> purely on the basis that the matchmaking sucks, the servers are a mess. It takes you four or five attempts to connect to somebody, but you've got to wait two minutes for the server to actually <laughs> crash it. So are we still talking FIFA as if Siege all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> this <Yeah>. is FIFA. <laughs> so this, this, is, this is purely FIFA. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it is such a pay-to-win structure that if you don't put a £1,000 into it, you're not going to get anything good. Yeah. It's, it's a horrible, horrible structure. And the only thing that you can do... Is it Ultimate Team, yeah? Yeah, this is Ultimate Team, which is the only mm -hmm. game mode that they focus in. Fit your wallet. <clears throat> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> the the only thing you can do to get like better cards and stuff is to just grind like really bad. It's the whole issue that everybody had with Battlefront Two. Loot boxes Great will game win you the game, but if you want all of that stuff, you're gonna have to grind and grind and grind and grind to get it, and it's yeah. it's not worth the frustration of having to grind. And get angry at. That's, that's just that's it. So, effectively, I've had enough. I've given up, and I'm looking for a new competitive game to play to take the Siege. place of FIFA and Siege because Siege. you can play it with friends. Yes, exactly. Siege. And we're playing the hell good. out of it at the moment again. So come join us on Siege. I will. Um, <laughs> but yes. Anyway, let's so. move on. So, um, I've there have been some things that I've played over the last few days. Well, there's one thing in my list that I've played within the last few days that I want to mention when I have a go and give my list. So, what we're going to be doing is each of us have 10 games. Um, we consider those to be our games of the decade for whatever reason. I'm going to explain some of mine when it comes to me because there are some in here that I personally yeah, I haven't I haven't written a script for any of mine so I'm going to wing it a little bit. I've not yeah. I've not written a script, yeah. but I know there's reasons why I've done it. Some either being that it was just it was so loved by people and I enjoyed it that it definitely makes it and some that are just I played the absolute hell out of it and I loved yeah. every second of it. Um so so, uh... so there are those and I I'm going to I'm going to start with Roost. I really want to know what your top 10. So I'm going to go through till nine and leave okay. my 10th one for the end because me and Lichi already know that our 10th one, our top game, is the same 
and maybe even a bit of a controversial topic and will spark a very good discussion afterwards. So I will leave out okay. my 10th until we have more time to talk about it. Is, is that your favourite or did that only yeah, just make my the list? Top, my top game, my okay. favourite. Okay. But, and I think, I think Leechy agrees with me. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it'll spark a very good discussion because there's a lot to talk about around said game that I think a lot of people would have completely overlooked and won't even, uh, will be shocked to know that's even in the list. So okay. uh, I'm leaving out that one for now. That's fine. I'll go with nine. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with, uh, so um, we've got, if I go up, up the list of my, the least of my top 10 up to place number two, and then my top game will come later. But uh, Witcher 3 um, yeah. is number number 10. So that's, you know, pretty standard. I think a lot of people can appreciate that Witcher 3 is probably one of the best games of the decade. Yes. Um, it's not a perfect game by all means, and no. it's not a game for everyone, but if you are an RPG uh, fan uh, or even just a Witcher fan in general, uh, absolutely fantastic game to play. Very enjoyable. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no such thing as a perfect game. <laughs> like... No, no, there's not. Other than maybe this controversial one, <laughs> nah, <laughs> that had its issues too. I mean, speak for yourself, them. but Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Oh, Hello Kitty Island Adventure? <laughs> yeah, that definitely didn't make ne my list. Neko Power Volume 1. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so number nine. Number nine is uh, Minecraft, of course. Yeah. I mean, I have not really played much of Minecraft in, in recent years. Um... But the effect it's had on the gaming community in this decade, just how popular it's become, uh, the different uses it's been put to outside of just being a, a game, it's been used as the teaching method for young children. Um, but I, I played Minecraft primarily uh, back in its um, early beta stages. I think I jumped in right at the end of its alpha, played it throughout its beta, and then for about another year or two after its main release, um, and at that point I'd been playing it for several years, so my sort of my interest on the game slowly started to dwindle away. Like the interest finally sort of left. But regardless of how I feel about the game now and the fact that I pretty much don't play it, uh, it had to be in the list just because of the effect it's had yeah. over the over the many years. It is a I One don't think there is anybody in the community that has not heard of Minecraft. In a gaming community, yeah. even yeah, outside yeah. of a gaming community, there is nobody who has not heard of Minecraft. I think it's, it made my list as well. Um, we had to fact check this. The game officially re released in 2011. So um, yeah, Google says yeah. 2009, but Google is talking about a pre-release version that was released on a forum as an in-development thing. Uh, it's been dubbed as the pre-classic because uh, it was out before even the classic mode was out. Mm -hmm. But the uh, yeah, we, we had to fact that one and properly fact-checked it. The official, actual release of the game is 2011. Yes, and everybody has more or less touched that game at some point. I mean, I've, I've played it for a long time, especially... With mods, the modding community went to town on Minecraft, and they did yeah. some fantastic pieces. They did some really, really interesting mods, and I loved every single one that I'd played. It really gave a 
a fresh element to that game. But even in its base form, even classic was really enjoyable for a long time. People did sink a lot of hours into it, um, you know, for good reason. And the game's not the best looking game in the world, but it works. It, yeah. it works so much. It has a lot of charm to it. Yeah, a, a lot of charm. Just down to the soft music it plays as you're wandering around. You know, I think it's got fantastic sound. Like all the different sounds of you just doing things, punching trees and stuff. It's yeah. Although it doesn't look amazing, it's still quite immersive and it really pulls you in. And that game, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Sorry, I've taken over. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> so moving on to um, eight, I've got Battlefield three and four. I've decided to lump them into one because there's not a whole lot of differences. Uh, between the the games, I honestly feel that four was just sort of a progression of three, and it's on here for basically the exact same reason. So uh, Battle, Battlefield four, but I'm gonna sort of tie three into it as well because my love for four sort of came from three. But back when Battlefield three released, I spent so many hours. This was back on Xbox as well before. Um, I played FPSs on uh, PC, but I, I used to get home, start up my Xbox, and play Battlefield 3 for the next several hours before eating, and then play some more and go to bed. Like Battlefield 3 took over my life uh, at one point, and then it basically became the same with Battlefield 4, only this time on PC, because it was between the release dates when I truly got into PC gaming. And so then it became Battlefield 4 when that came out. And uh, just, I think they, although 4 obviously had its issues on, on release um, after being uh, primarily fixed, thank you, Dice LA, um, it just became, for me personally, an incredible, just relaxed arcade shooter. Um, I had other games, other competitive shooters that I played at the time, but if I wanted to just play some standard shooter that I didn't have to worry about ranks or remembering smokes and strategies and stuff like that. It was my go-to game for many, many years. Uh, I don't have one and five on because uh don't highly rate them as much. Controversial no. maybe. A no, lot of no, people no, like no, Battlefield no. 1. I don't think that's a controversial opinion. Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4 were, for me, the peak of those games. Yeah. They, they were um, incredible. So, moving on to um, seven, I've actually got Monster Hunter World. Okay. Nice. Uh, the P PC release specifically, because um, I've only played it on PC. But it's my first entry into Monster Hunter. I tried Monster Hunter years and years ago on, I think it was a friend's PSP. I also tried it on my <laughs> 3DS uh, one time, only like the demo versions. I never went out and bought the game because every time I ever tried it, I just wasn't for me. I couldn't get into it. I didn't really enjoy it. I suppose the gameplay style wasn't something that I got into, but Monster Hunter World came out um, and I I gave that uh, a purchase and never looked back. Uh, absolutely phenomenal game. It's a really, really enjoyable game. Uh, it's, it's a great solo experience, even better when you go on and do you know, hunts with friends. But yeah, that's definitely a, a very, very top release for me this this decade was Monster Hunter World. Still not played a Monster Hunter game. 
if you're gonna play one i would recommend monster hunter world i know a lot of um og fans uh much prefer some of the other ones i think genesis is one of the more highly regarded ones mm. don't quote me on that you know i'm not an og fan so to speak but um for speaking from someone who recently got into the franchise i would recommend monster hunter world as a fantastic in for the franchise um so moving on to uh the next one i've got skyrim which i think is no surprise hmm. I, I i think i think there's very few people that could tell you that could try it recently i've i've bought it multiple times <laughs> I, I i buy it every year thank you um Lord Todd Howard, please don't steal my family. <laughs> the money they the money they've lost on Fallout seventy six was more than made up on this year's Skyrim Skyrim purchases, probably. Oh yes, um, and I have played it almost every edition it has. Uh, I'll have you know, I've even played the Alexa version, <laughs> which is actually an enjoyable game. Is that like speaking seriously? It's actually kind of cool. I'm so happy that they made that joke about themselves and then actually released it. Brilliant. On, on the Alexa. But uh, I haven't played it on anything like the Switch, but I had it on my Xbox 360 when it first released and sunk many, many, many hours into it. I then later bought it on PC when I got, uh, got into PC and wanted to, well, mod the hell out of it. <laughs> and because of the version of it that I had, I was given special edition for free. So I didn't technically pay for that one. But yeah, I've also played special edition then when I was given that and modded the shit out of that one too. Of course, that's um, what you do with Skyrim. It's what you do, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want Thomas the Tank Engine instead of Dragons? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think that's a pretty standard one, Skyrim. I think there's very yeah. few people who could honestly say that skyrim is a bad game there are those out there that just don't like it and there are many that prefer older entries in the series i myself uh prefer oblivion in almost every way uh, oblivion is one of my all-time favorite games full stop uh so there are a lot of things that i prefer about oblivion but it doesn't stop skyrim from being a phenomenal game yeah uh next is another standard one it's actually one game of the year this year and that is uh sekiro shadows die twice i am a fan of from software games and sekiro is just from software doing what from software does uh only with a bit more of a narrative this time around now all the dark souls and things like that obviously they do have a narrative but not a in-your-face narrative it's the it's very the story is very world driven in dark souls games but yeah. sekiro is very you know here is your narrative here is your named protagonist and this is the reason why you're doing this and yeah sekiro the combat just feels so so clean uh so smooth um there are games that work in similar ways but few that pull it off as elegantly as Sekiro does so next I've got a CSGO um, really? CSGO? yes, yes. CSGO um, so I don't play CSGO anymore no. CSGO has been slipping for the past few years but I would be lying if I didn't put it on the list considering how many hours I put into CSGO over the years 
I, I've spent thousands of hours um, on CSGO. Uh, I played competitive Counter-Strike almost exclusively for many years. It was basically the first-person shooter I played and pretty much the only game I played unless someone gave me a reason to go and play something else at the time. Yeah. If I was on my PC, I was playing competitive Counter-Strike. Not just that, I followed the pro scene. I watched every major um every minor like all the tournaments i could so it it really took over my life basically so that's how we met yeah yeah it is playing csgo so uh that had to be on there for that reason um i dabble in it i go back every once in a while i play a game or two with with some friends but i don't consistently play it anymore and i just i've never been able to get back into it uh still know all my smokes and stuff but that's <laughs> because it doesn't change all that much time it, yeah it's like i go go back a few months later and i'm like hey i, I still remember my smokes for this map Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I, I can actively say that this and league of legends did not make my list although <laughs> they were probably some of the most hours that i put into games yeah um, <clears throat> i think but, uh... I, I i completely understand why it's there i mean it yeah League of Legends and CS:GO are the biggest C um, esports, yeah, competitive scenes across the internet. They they are they will they will be for quite a long time. Um, I think you know there are other games that are coming up there, but CS:GO is from just the original Counter Strike. That's the original game, competitive yeah. game. When they turned it into Global Offensive, then everybody played CSGO. Everybody. Yeah. It's not massive. Source sparked an interest in yeah. a lot more people. So, you know, you got your your OG days, your um, 1.6. Uh, but that was a very sort of a, a hardcore following. Yeah, was Source was where I got into the series. A lot of people played it and there was just, the competitive scene was just sort of being born and becoming a, a big thing. And then Source released and that sort of really branched out a bit and brought a lot more people in and then i think global offensive is when it really became a mainstream game mm-hmm. yeah for the pc community it, it, as as competitive as it is it became what i would personally classify as mainstream at that point and uh yeah it's it's i i dabbled in i never played 1.6 i played source um a little bit towards the end of its lifespan uh leecher here repeatedly nagging me to come and play it <laughs> and uh, i didn't like the game like i couldn't get into it uh, i'd go on and i'd play and i'd have a little bit of fun but i was just like oh i don't i don't understand the hype and then global offensive came out and i felt the same i was still a bit like i don't know it's not really necessarily for me and i played it a bit and then just one day something clicked and this after that i put thousands of hours into the game <laughs> i think with uh csgo and the whole Counter-Strike series, you you don't really know it until you become a PC gamer. At least that was my yes. experience with it. I I was quite late to the PC scene. I think it was about 2014, 2015 that I bought my first computer um, yeah. and started playing computer games. And I, I bought a computer because I wanted to play DayZ. I watched so many videos and stuff about DayZ. And CSGO was one of those games that when you start getting into the PC community, um, you start being asked to play certain games that the community adore, that will yeah. always be known, like PC game will always be known as those were the original games. Counter-Strike is one of those games. 
Yes, yes, without a doubt. Um, so, well, moving on to the next one, mm -hmm. I've actually got a Dark Souls 3. So, okay. back onto the uh, From Software trend. Um, I dabbled in Dark Souls in the past, but Dark Souls 3 was the, the one that really, really gripped me, really pulled me into the love-hate relationship that is a FromSoft title. Um, as in, you love the game, it fucking hates you. <laughs> <laughs> and will do everything it can to fuck you over. But, um, but that's, that's where the sense of achievement comes in. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Dark, Dark Souls 3 is uh, another one of those games where I, I've put hundreds and hundreds of hours into. I mean, I believe uh, we mentioned this in a previous uh, podcast about me losing my Dark Souls 3 yes. character save. Yes. Um, well, that character alone was about 200 hours uh, that was like new game plus three or four or something like that i played the hell out of it but i i go i go back every once in a while i always go back and dabble in it and play some more but yeah i i had to put it on there because it's a game that i just the amount of times i sit down wonder what to play and i, I just go and play dark souls it's just what i wanted to do Fair. um and the penultimate but uh not the last. the last one for now for now uh, is actually Rain Rainbow Six Siege. So basically, the game that pulled me from Counter Strike. Yeah. Um, I suppose is a good way of saying it. I uh, I moved over to Siege. I played that for a few years. Um, I actually moved back to CS for a little while, back to CS:GO, and abandoned Siege a bit, and then gone back to Siege a second time. And although I stopped playing a couple of years ago after the server issues got really bad and I just sort of, I sort of got out of the competitive scene in general um, up until recently. I wasn't really playing anything like Counter-Strike or Siege or Overwatch. I was just, I was playing a lot more casually. I think that's when I primarily started playing things like Monster Hunter and Dark Souls. And I, I got into a lot more of a sort of single player or just fun with friends kind of scene. But uh, I've been getting back into Rainbow Six Siege again, as you probably noticed, me and Leechy talking a lot about it recently. But uh, yeah, just the amount of times that I've gone back to it and the amount of enjoyment I've had from that game over, over the years meant it, it it was up there. It had to be one of, one of my top games of the decade. So uh, yeah, apart from the last one, which we'll talk about at the end, um, <laughs> Move on. That's uh, my list. Okay, uh, Leechy, come on, enlighten us with your list. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. That I reckon there's going to be a couple right. of times where so, us two go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's quite a few on mine that uh, are just going to be repeats. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I've got a few on mine that are going to be the um, same. So yeah, I'll leave my number ten. Um, same same reason. reason. Yeah. Uh, so starting at number nine is actually well i'd like to just mention mine aren't actually in any particular order i just went through my list of what i've played and just kind of wrote them as i went so yeah. <laughs> my number one isn't necessarily number one if, if that makes sense yeah um so starting at nine uh is actually the game i'm playing right now uh set of course uh competizione um <laughs> mainly because you've got to say it how it's pronounced gotta say it like an italian 
Yeah. <laughs> I think that is correct. Um, uh, Assetto yeah, Acosta, feel free competizione. To <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't have enough art here to uh, properly <laughs> nail the Italian. Um, so, yeah, uh, primarily because uh, I've tried a few different racing sims over the last couple of years, actually. Um, started off with the original Assetto Corsa and the Formula One games, uh, primarily drifting on Assetto Corsa. Um, but then the more I played Formula One, the more I enjoyed racing as opposed to just going sideways around the track, um, which is coincidentally what I spend a lot of time doing. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's because I suck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, ACC is the first game that truly, I feel like it has a very good feedback system and not, not in the sense of the force feedback, but you can really tell when you yourself are improving. It's got so many different ratings for different aspects of race driving that you can actively see as, as those are ticking up that you yourself are improving. And like, I really like that feedback and it's just great fun to drive. Uh, it's one of the better Sims, I think, honestly, um, beats out the formula one games. They're very arcadey truth be told. Um, our that factor two, which is a Welsh different game you. entirely. Um, hey, leave off the Welshness. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, for me at the moment, my my favorite sim racing game has to be Assetto Corsa Competizione. Um, and that's why it made my list. Um, it's actually very new, uh, barely out of early access kind of new. It's like version 1.2 at the moment. Um, but yeah, so it made my list just because it, it gives you that feedback of you are improving. And I really like that. Uh, for me, number eight is Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, yeah, was that's... never a fan of the side-on fighting games, or even just like Tekken has the 3D arenas where you can actively move around them. But I wasn't a fan of that either. I just wasn't a fan of fighting games. Um, but I ended up watching while we were at Insomnia uh, last August. Um, I ended up watching Mortal Kombat being played at like a, I, I guess it was. Semi-pro would probably be the the best category to put them it in. Was, it was a pro, it was a pro-am tournament. Yeah. Um. So I ended up watching those guys playing Mortal Kombat, and it was just like there was something about it. It really tickled my yeah. fancy. I think and it, it should be noted as an honourable mention for for me as well, because although not on my list, yeah, I've recently been playing that and thoroughly enjoying it as well. And again, it's it's one of those ones that like. I don't think it's the the fan favorite game at all. They're like there are there are people that have been into their Mortal Kombat games for years, and you know, Eleven doesn't come close for those guys. But for me, it's the game that sort of brought me into that kind of style of game. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's and... why certain of mine made my list was for those sort sorts of reasons. Is they're they're the game that piqued my interest to a certain type type of game. And to be honest, who doesn't love to main Liu Kang and bicycle kick, bicycle kick your mate into a corner repeatedly? It's just it's great. I know where it's you very live. Very fun. I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> that sound haunts my nightmares. <laughs> I got him back. Don't worry. I I, I, dis I discovered a uh, Baraka combo. Yeah, that it, it might as well have been the same but... thing. And I I got my revenge where yeah. I was able to just bur Baraka bloody uppercut. 
spam him and he started going, oh, is this what it feels like when I Lucan kick you? And I'm like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> you go, you're like describing an old style martial arts film with the like the terrible <laughs> dubbing. All I can picture is two Japanese and like martial arts masters just like oh i can't believe you've come back is this how it feels but it's really badly dubbed <laughs> like <laughs> yes yeah. it is and now i've come to defeat you again <laughs> like, so that's like, all yeah, i like, can picture the dub stops but the mouth keeps moving yeah like several seconds after. <laughs> you are already dead brilliant yeah, I had a lot of laughs uh, playing Mortal Kombat, um, beating the shit out of and getting battered by uh, <laughs> by Rooster. Um, and then they play never some played Mortal it Kombat. online against anybody else. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, Mortal Kombat made my list. Um, my number seven, again, no particular order. This is actually one of my favourite games. Um, is Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm. Uh, started off. Um, only have played casual. I was a, I was a massive casual gimp. Like just never, never, ever wanted to play ranked. Um, but then the more I played casual, it kind of like started thinking, you know, pretty fun. Let's try out ranked. And yeah, that that there was a there was a period of sweatiness where yeah. Rainbow Six ranked was basically all we played. Um, um, what one thing I, I sort of didn't end up mentioning on my segment about Siege, but I think is worth noting is the fantastic post-release support and content. It's got its issues with not being fixed, like server issues and things like that. But as far as the 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 yearly sort of operations, uh, I can't remember what they call them off the top of my head now, but with each year and they're bringing in the new countries, uh, the new operators, the new maps, and reworking and redesigning maps that don't fit the competitive scene. I think that alone merits. Yeah, it does. It, it, it does get a lot of long-term love. Um, but yeah, uh, eventually the server issues did get a little bit too much. I got sick and tired of, you know, I'd be holding an angle, <laughs> and and then this guy would appear all in one frame. This dude would appear on my screen and I would drop dead without a bullet ever being fired by this other dude. But then you'd watch the kill cam back. And I, you know, it could have just been that the kill cams were incorrect, but it was almost consistent that this was the issue. What actually happened was like the enemy would step out of his cover. He would spot you. He'd move his aim onto your head or whatever, open fire. And in the kill cam, it seemed like you had a good three or four seconds to actually react to the, the situation and try and fight back. But when you're playing, all that you really got was, hey, there's a guy. Oh, I'm, I'm dead. You know, like it was all in like the space of like one or two frames. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I took about, I think a year and a half, like uh, like no joke. Um, I missed an entire four seasons, uh, which are three months each. And I missed two seasons of the the current the year. year, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, literally over a year and a half, I took out from the game. Like, didn't even play casual. I, ju- I didn't play the game. I think yeah. for a long time it wasn't installed. Um, but I came back more recently, and the game was undergoing a lot of DDoSing. Uh, and so what Ubisoft decided to do was to limit the impact that DDoSing was having 
they were limiting how many games were being played on one server. I think it used to be three per server. Now it's one per server. And although that leads to longer wait times for a match, the quality of the game is so much better because the servers handle one match okay, like perfectly fine. But when it's branching out and it's busier and there's three games going on per server, that's when you were getting the issues of, you know, all in one frame, a guy would appear and dome you. Um, but that just yeah. generally doesn't happen anymore. And I'm having so much more fun playing it again now that people, you, someone could peek you, but you have a, an actual ability to react to them and maybe kill them before they kill you. Whereas that went away at one point. Like that wasn't something you could do at one point or another. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, I've got a love for the game again. Um, been playing it a lot. Uh, I'm not really sure on how many hours we've sank in recently, but it's definitely more than the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that made my list. Um, and probably if, if we did another list in, say, five years' time, that one would probably make it too. Yeah, would probably stay there. Uh, so moving on, my number six is Sekiro as well. Um, not the game that got me into FromSoft uh, titles, but... You've gone silent. I yeah. think your mic's cut From off. From the game, because I was struggling with a boss. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're going to have to repeat that, Leechy. Your mic cut off. Oh. Go yeah. back See, to... that, that's really yeah. annoying, because this entire time... Uh, my little icon in the top left has been telling me I'm transmitting. Oh no, so... you definitely won't. You you right. said you said the game. You said um, about not the title that got you into FromSoft and then yeah. cut ah, off. and then cut okay. off. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, uh, not the game that got me into FromSoft titles at all. But it, in my opinion, it's one of the better ones. Um, I don't dislike the Dark Souls series, and Bloodborne's pretty decent too. But Sekiro is. Well, I like a good narrative, so, you know, without without having to... I know it's there in Dark Souls, but it, you've got to delve into the lore a little bit more. Um, yeah. But with Sekiro, it's a little bit more spoon-fed to you, so it's a little bit more my thing, to be honest. Um, admittedly, still haven't finished the game, because <laughs> I was struggling with a boss, um, but I'm like... It's an optional boss, but in my mindset, it's, there's nothing optional about it. Like, it's a boss. You have to beat it, I, yeah. I have to beat them, yeah. Um, I got, I went into the fight a little bit unprepared, um, and so I am struggling with it. Uh, but then I took a break off from the game. I just, I guess I just kind of put it down one night and just didn't pick it up again. It was not like, you know, one a particular thing that I went, ah, oh, you know, screw this boss, I'm never going to play again. It was just one day I put the game down for the night and never picked it up again. Um, I tried to play it again more recently and got absolutely cheesed by this boss. Like, I was barely getting in two hits and I was getting absolutely ruined. So <laughs> I think what I need to do is just fast travel to a different area, fight some normal mobs for a little while, get back into the swing. There's then... the guy in the hub, which you can fight, who's specifically there as a training dummy. There is that, yeah. Um, doing a couple of rounds on him is usually helpful. But yeah, it, it's a brutal game and it will fuck you up if you let it. But it's very rewarding when you do conquer the boss that's been giving you grief. And, uh, you know, you, you, you beat the shit out of him. That's usually what happens, I, I find. You'll have a boss that has given you trouble for so long. And then eventually you just come on one night and they just you just cheese them. It's just like, yeah, why, why was oh, that? like so you good? with Medea. Yeah, Medea from Dark Souls 3. <laughs> that, that was 
hell. <laughs> Until several, several attempts. He died, what? Easily up in 13, the 14. Yeah. Nah, man. Like, higher than that. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time dying to Medea. Yeah, he um, came on drunk one day and beat it first time. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, came on drunk one day and beat it first time, and just <laughs> sent me the picture of you know the you know, boss defeat uh, message, and it was just like yes, <laughs> and he was smashed. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. That's I think that's my favourite story. <laughs> of, of all these podcasts so far, uh, I know it's only episode three, but I don't think there's going to be a better story than that <laughs> in the next however many we do. I really don't. Yeah. That's perfect. It is a good one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Sekiro made my list just because great narrative, great visual style. Yes. And it's got it's got this it's got the From Software formula, man. It, the from brutal, software it'll formula. fuck you up. But when With you fuck them up, a little bit of a weeb tickle. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, I think I went that extra step to weebiness as well, and I've got the uh, the audios in Japanese, and I have the subtitles on. Because uh, I'm. Like, yeah. You've got you've got the flat palm stroke. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, so my number five, again, no particular order, is Battlefield 3, but again, also 4. I was going to have them separate, but yeah, they're very similar. Um, so Battlefield 3 was, again, I played it on uh, Xbox 360. And uh, it was just, just easier times, to be honest. I, I wasn't working. I was in school. And uh, it was great. You know, you just you came home, you fired up the Xbox, you played however many matches of Battlefield 3 you were feeling that day. And it wasn't perfect. It had, you know, half the time you couldn't fucking revive your teammate because just sticking the defib to their face didn't work. Um, Yeah. As a a primary medic player, that was frustrating. Um, But whatever. It was what it was. Um, But Rush on Battlefield 3 was, like, not as great as Bad Company 2, but it was still up there. It was still ah, well built. Yes. Um, and some of the Rush maps, break. man, like Sand Crossing was personally one of my favorite maps. And of course, no shark canals. No Everybody shark canals. Gives no me a tingle. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Battlefield 3 was great and makes the list primary for nostalgia reasons. Because honestly, Battlefield 4 was better built. Not at first. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not covering up this fucking shenanigans the dice thought they were pulling when Battlefield 4 first released. I couldn't play it for the first, like, 12 fucking months. Like, I was going to say six, but then I realized, no, it was longer than that. So, yeah, the first year, I I mean, well, the first three months, the game worked. Then they claimed to fix it, and it broke it for me. Um, And I just direct X issues every time. Oh, yes. I, I couldn't play Battlefield 4 for so damn long. And it was frustrating for me because it's one of the primary games I built my gaming PC for. Up until then, I'd been playing on a bloody pre-built Dell thing that could barely run Battlefield 2142 back in the day, um, which is sort of where I started with Battlefield. Um, Bad Company 2 was where I primarily got into the series, but 3 definitely cemented it as one of my favorite franchises. And four was where I really sunk some PC time into the series. Yeah. Um, when I could, because like I said, the first year of Battlefield Four was a hot mess. It was bad. Um, 
to be honest, it was rescued by uh, Dicelli. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they saved that that game, and maybe maybe even the series. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Like if Battlefield Four hadn't been recovered, who knows? Quick side note for anyone who doesn't know, Dicelli have recently been um, sort of have branched out from Dice, and the studio is going to go under renaming and rebranding, and will be making their own series. Yeah, uh, not so, that we really know what that is yet. But... We don't know anything about it, but yeah, just on a side note, Dice LA is no longer Dice LA, and they are, they are their own studio under EA. I, I'd like to see another mainstream Medal of Honor game, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Battlefield 4 makes the list primarily for its time after the first year, when it was actually playable and you know was getting a good stream of content coming in and you know patches fixing the main issues um something that for some reason just kind of fell away like dice just i don't know what's wrong with them when it comes to battlefield 5 but they lost their touch to say the least yeah um but yeah battlefield 4 was one of my primary games when i first built my pc so you know had to be on my list um so my number four is monster hunter world as well um same story for me pretty much had tried the game out on same friend uh same friend as psp wasn't a fan i i tried to be fair i tried it for a little bit longer because i think i borrowed the game off him and played it on my own psp for a little while over his house yeah and i just at the time the kind of games i was into it just wasn't something that tickled my fancy at all it was just quite frankly little bit too hardcore for me just the whole fucking you know oh you've got 20 minutes to find and kill this monster that has an insane amount of hp compared to you and yeah it just wasn't my thing i got i got a little bit filtered um (laughs) you got filtered straight up straight up i got filtered out of the series um but monster hunter world come out or was coming out and i picked up on the uh the hype train a little bit of all the the marketing and do you know what my mindset has changed in the time since I last tried the game or the series, I should say. And so I decided that, you know what, I'm going to give this one a try. And yeah. very glad that I did. And honestly, if it's something you've been contemplating trying, give it a bash. Like, if you if you can pick it up, especially like on a sale or something on, on the cheap, it's, it's well worth every penny. Because although, again, it's not a game I finished. It's, it's something that I eventually put down. Uh, but that's a bit of a running trend with me. That is not uh, that doesn't really give an indication of the the quality of a game when it comes to what I play because I go through stages of playing different things and I might not touch say Monster Hunter for months, but it's still a game I hold very dear in a way. Um, and we'll always go back to. Yeah, it is something I usually have installed. Probably do, but I'm not hundred percent at the moment. I got to be honest. Um, but yeah, great great game, and especially if you've got people to play it with that much better because well it didn't happen to me but there's nothing better than your mate saying that he's gonna do some bloody skill or whatever and just getting absolutely charged down and targeted by the uh the main monster <laughs> hilarious um yeah so, again uh, do you have the uh your recording software recording the discord yes visually Yes. Well then, I'm going to find a Monster Hunter video uh, of it's mine. It's the one I'm referencing. Well, if I, she I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it below. 
okay um, into it's, the chat uh, as well because we're nearly at an hour already we've got we're literally 59 yeah, yeah. minutes let's, in let's move, let's, let's move on a bit quickly then but uh, yeah I'll, I'll check you the link to the video it's well worth a watch it's hilarious uh, yeah i'll post it for anybody who does watch it on youtube into the description below so you can watch it okay so yeah that was uh that was my number four monster underworld um number three uh dark souls three uh was the game that got me into from software titles I tried the original Dark Souls back in the day. Like when it first came out, my brother didn't quite know what he was getting himself into, so bought the game. I tried it. He tried it. Yeah, we both fucking hated it. (laughs) 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 I, 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 I just, I still don't quite like the fact that it's an unguided game. Like, I would much rather have a, a more evident. This is where you need to go. If that was the only bit of handholding they did, I'd be okay with that. Just, this is where you should go next. Um, Dark Souls 3 doesn't bother me as much uh, in that regard because, you know, I played it through with Rooster, who'd already done most of the game. Um, So we knew where we were going. Um, But yeah, Dark Souls 1, my experience with that, I went to try and fight these skeletons down in the bottom left. Bad idea. Don't do that when you first play Dark Souls 1. Um, Again, (laughs) another game that completely filtered me out. I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, and I hated every minute of it because it just, I, it, it was unlike anything I'd ever played before. You know, you just, you, you walk yeah. into one, one little skeleton and he absolutely ruins you. Games you see, like that. It's just not something you get an understanding of them before you can truly enjoy them. And yeah. it may have taken a while to build that understanding. Yeah. And so Dark Souls 2, I tried, but Dark Souls 3, um, it was just coming out. It, and I thought, you know what? Been a while. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this as a new player to the series because hadn't really played one or two properly, and so I thought I'd, I'll give it a bash. Little bit frustrating at first, you know. Again, it's still quite a brutal game. Uh, I mean, the first fucking ten minutes thing includes you fighting this huge fucking like statue dude, um, or whatever the hell he is. Um, so yeah, uh, my first hour of the game, I was still kind of on the fence. I was like, yeah. I still don't quite know how I feel about this series. It's a little bit much for me. But then, I don't know, I woke up one morning and I played the game and I just had this realisation that except for the very rare occasions where like an enemy weapon clips through a wall and kills you, it does happen, but it's not that often. Um, most of the time, if you die, it's your own bloody fault. You've <laughs> like you've you've run out of stamina and you've tried to get one extra hit in or something, or you know, it's that one extra hit that causes you to run out of stamina. Most of the time, if you wind up dead, you probably did something wrong. And it, once you realize that, and you realize it's not the game screwing you, it's fucking you screwing you. Uh, I, I find you get a much better understanding and appreciation for what the series entails. And yeah. I went on, I, I never knew games my character because I was a pleb and managed to lose my save as well. After ridiculing <clears throat> me. Yeah, after many hours of laughing at you for it. Um but I have finished the game twice, uh, and I I have a character going through it now. Um, I just haven't played it recently, but it is the game that sort of I don't know. It it made me take a step back and realise that you fucked up. Like you were the reason that you died there, and it gives you that appreciation in other games too. That most yeah. of the time, if you died you probably did wrong. You can't sit there and blame your bloody teammates for not holding an angle or, you know, for 
laggy servers or whatever, most of the time it's you that fucked up. And Dark Souls was the game that gave me that kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to my number two is Armor 3. Now, Rooster will tell oh, you just how much I hyped Armor. When, when Armor 3 was announced, I didn't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> <laughs> he really didn't. <laughs> um, because I, I tried Armor 2 Free Edition. Was not a fan. It was like very graphically dated because of when I was picking it up. Um, I didn't like the fact that animations were basically you molesting your gun and that was considered a reload. Um, I dabbled in Daisy, uh, the mod for Armor 2. And honestly, that was what got me into playing Armor because I, I bought Armor 2. I bit the bullet. I understood that, you know, it looks like shit and it runs like shit and the reloads look shit. But, you know, I'll play Daisy. Honestly, I played like half an hour of Daisy mod and the rest of my Armor 2 time was spent playing Armor 2 because I, fu- I sort of learned what it was about. And yeah, it looked shit and it ran like shit but I learned what the game was about and I, I took a, a bigger liking to the military sandbox than I did the zombie game, mm-hmm. um, which then when Armour 3 was announced, I was like straight on. I, like, I was driving that fucking hype train. Like I, I was leading the charge um, <laughs> he was. because it just looked so good. And to be honest, I personally think it delivered. I think yes. Armour 3 is fantastic. I have, I think, close to a thousand hours in it, which ain't, much compared to some other people with other games um i've got about the same in csgo um but yeah it's just the scope of the armor games and just everything you can do in there um i'll never forget getting uh crashing our white van full of perfectly <laughs> legal goods um into a tiny <laughs> tiny fence uh we got ejected from the vehicle and i'm like huh that's weird like why can't I get back in? Why did we get ejected? Then it dawned on me. When you get ejected from a vehicle in armor, it's about to explode. Then it exploded before I could <laughs> run away. <laughs> and we lost yeah. so much money and so much perfectly legal goods. <laughs> perfectly legal goods in our artist life, friend. <laughs> yeah. We lost that day. And that, that was the end of that career. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Armour 3 had to be in the list, and uh, it, although enough. it hasn't officially been announced, Armour 4, fucking choo-choo bitches. <laughs> Armour 4. If it, has the, uh, if it ends up with the same engine that Daisy is now running, Armour 4 will be the best Armour has ever been, in my opinion. Ah, yes. um, and finally, my number one, without, you know, we missed out number 10, but number one is Ciesco. It made my list as well. Um, it was a game I was pretty hyped for before it even released. Uh, I ended up receiving it as a birthday present from an ex-girlfriend. About the only useful <laughs> thing she ever did for me. Um, wow. <laughs> That's it. Just go for the jugular, that. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so CSGO made it because primarily the game that got me into competitive shooters. Yeah. I wasn't like, I played Counter-Strike Source, but it was like, only ever casual servers. It was whatever the community server browser would throw at me, pretty much. Um, so my first true competitive uh, shooter experience came from CSGO. Um, basically, the community we're all part of now was built around CSGO. Like it's, most, it's where most of us met. Um, pretty much our entire Discord come stems from people we've met and played. Yeah, yeah like, um, like obviously, I met Lewis. Uh, we 
you know, uh, listeners aren't going to know who Lewis is, but no. I met Lewis through um, Armour, actually, uh, was the game I met Lewis on. But CSGO was the game that sort of properly turned us all into friends. You know, it was the game I started yeah. playing primarily with everyone. And I think I think I was, remember because I, I met Lewis through CSGO and then I remember him saying, oh, some people I play Armour are going to come play, which were you yeah. two. Yeah, then... so I, I met uh, I met Lewis through Armour. Didn't then play much of anything else with him until you know one day we just we all jumped on CS:GO and it kind of just went from there. We we went from playing like once in a blue moon and it just kind of become we were playing every day. Pretty just, much. Yeah, it's, um, it snowballed and the community grew. Our Discord grew. We brought more and more people, friends. Yeah, there's just so many people that we've met and you know not all of them are still around, but it was you know. It was nice when they were there, yeah. Um, and you know, at, at one point there was there was always consistently a five-man team that yes, you could play yeah. with, and it was so much fun. Like the 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 laughs and hysterics that I had playing CS:GO over like the period of about two or three years actually uh, stemmed off a little bit. Now, honestly, I think I was the first who got bored, um, and I I put the game down, and I could I I could go without ever playing it again. I think at this point. Um, yeah. Primarily because Siege has taken up the role that CS:GO had for me, yes. um, but it's still it's still a game that uh, there's no denying the like 800 or whatever hours I've put into it. My Steam says over a thousand, but I'm very bad at leaving games open and then going AFK. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steam library lies. Yeah, it's, don't don't it listen says to that in Discord. Still playing a Seto Corsa. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I'm on the pause menu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> case in point um, yeah. but yeah CSGO was on there for me just because of the, the memories and the, the community that has basically been built purely around that game yeah. and even though we've branched out and like some of you plebs are playing League of all things and not anymore yeah you know there's, there's still still some good times we had playing CSGO and yeah. every now and then I try it and realise why I put it down but <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so csgo for me had to be on there That's and fun. that is uh, other than number 10 which we'll get to at some point <laughs> um yeah that's my list Okay. So, uh, as you may have noticed me and lichi basically the same person i mean have you ever <laughs> seen us in the same room together yes Go oh, damn! <laughs> I've seen photos and videos of you two. Uh, anybody who doesn't know them, they are childhood friends. They they've known each other for years and years, and I'm pretty sure you guys, li- <laughs> you guys live like 15 minutes away from each other or something like that. We do, yes. Yeah. So um, so that's trust me. They've been in the same room together. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm uh, I, I'm best man and uh, maid of honor at the Richard and Tay's wedding. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I still don't have an invite. Anyway, uh... <laughs> uh, okay. Can I can I have a go? No, yeah. fuck off. No, okay. An hour and ten minutes. We've hit an hour and ten minutes. Yay! That's right. we, we may split this up one into two parts. Yeah, maybe. Um... We'll keep, see what keep people in suspense. So, yeah. my list, um, my list, everything. I've obviously played everything on it. There are some things in this list that impacted me significantly, uh, like emotionally, and oh. just <laughs> there are some there are some cracking games in here, but they're not. As I said earlier, on they're not perfect. 
But um, I'm going to start with my bottom five in no particular order. And then kind of my top five in sort of an order. But uh, my mind keeps changing because <laughs> it's so <laughs> difficult. But um, so my number 10, um, and I, I, you're going to make sounds at this one, was Call of Duty Black Ops. The first one. Oh, not not going to make not an answer. Loved I that game. It. Absolutely. Yes. The, original the original Black Ops. Black Ops. This is the first Black Ops. Yeah. Black Ops was a fantastic. Not, yeah, not a, not a bad choice. It's that game was was so so good. It was still when I was um, playing a lot of console, and I thought the story for it was fantastic. The multiplayer. When were, when yeah. was that released? That was two thousand and eleven. That was released. Yeah, that's what it was earlier than that. No, because I was go- I wanted really to see where it, yeah. Modern Warfare Two came because Modern yeah. Warfare Two for me is a better game than Black Ops. But not this decade. decade yeah. But it wasn't this decade. It was two thousand and nine. Uh, but Black Ops, in and of itself, the story was fantastic. Even the like small little top down sh- little like um, platform shooter was a lot of fun. I can't oh remember yeah, it. but it had arcadey thing. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. It, I think, zombies was the best it had ever been at Black Ops. I don't. I think it went downhill from Black Ops onwards. Um, the multiplayer was fantastic. That that whole game, for that franchise, is it's either the best or the second best. It Call has probably the most memorable menu music. Absolutely. It's got the most memorable campaign as well. Thanks for that, by the way. It's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of it. <laughs> um, I'll quickly move on. <laughs> the Witcher 3. Yeah. I mean... Any, any RPG lover would have to say Witcher 3, I think. That game That game was revolutionary. It, it was incredible. The story... For it was great. The character Geralt of Rivia, uh, we've gone into much detail about The Witcher in the last episode with the series, but the, the game is fantastic. It's an interesting one as well. Since the series came out, and because it's now on the Game Pass, all quite close to each other, there are more concurrent players for The Witcher than what there were at the game's release. Yeah. Which is that... It's the most popular now than it's ever been. Yeah. That statement by itself is incredible that's just goes to show how good that game is and i yeah its controls are a little clunky um and all of that but it's i won't go into the witcher because we've gone into it previously um i'll just move on from that i, I love the witcher but yeah yeah great choice mass effect 2 Ooh. oh that's a that's yeah. a good one yes mass effect 2 was an incredible leap forward Mass Effect 1 was so good. Don't get me wrong. That game was awesome. Yes. It was a game that I saw many times back in Blockbuster. God bless his soul. But never picked up. I was like, I'm not a sci-fi person. I I don't think I like this. How fucking wrong I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I finally picked it up. And Mass Effect is one of the best RPG series I've yes. ever played. Yes. Yes. I mean, Ma- Mass Effect 1 was, was so good. It, it was so, so good. And then Mass Effect 2... It just that, took what it did and improved it. Yeah. I feel. It, it, I, my mind was blown playing it. I loved that game. The the whole story of it. You know, you're coming back to life because of a corporation that's pretty corrupt. And is all... Here's a big question for you both. Yeah. Shepard or Femme Shepard? Ooh. 
Shep- I always went well. I think my Mass Effect One Shepard was male, but I think from two onwards, because uh, I didn't continue my save for whatever reason from one to two. Um, I think I was Femme Shep. I stayed. I stayed male Shep. Now the second one, default look, or did you create? Did you make him look how you wanted him to look? Uh, I, I, I did. Game, but I always defaulted. I played it twice, like the series the whole way through. My first playthrough was default. My second playthrough, I tried to make him look like me. Of course, he did not look anything like me. <laughs> but, but yeah, because I, I played through. Yeah. Because <laughs> I played through all of them. Um, I, I played through all of them twice now. I yeah. Fair. But they they were always male shepherd. I never went femme shep. No no particular reason. Um, <laughs> But that that yeah. game that game Mass Effect Two was really really good. I yeah, I love Mass Mass Effect Three. It's just that the community was very let down by the ending. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good good game, terrible ending. Yeah. Um, you know, not widely received, right? But I like Andromeda. I I it was what I was primarily playing until uh, the Outer Worlds came out. Yeah. I enjoyed that was the only thing that peeled me off Andromeda. It, I understand why people didn't like it. It was quite boring at times, and it just had funny faces. Yeah, but I think for, for narratively with Andromeda, it was kind of like you were really excited because you got to see this new world, and you know you played the Mass Effects, and it it felt like it was building up to something for so long until it still felt like it was building up to something three quarters of the way through the game, and it's just like, well, <laughs> it's not really building up to anything now, is it? I've just yeah okay so i can understand why a lot of people weren't yeah. too pleased with that game um but i'm gonna shift on from mass effect um cool. grand theft auto 5 is hmm. yes that is definitely up there. i've bought that game three times it, <laughs> yeah i think i had it twice i had it on uh, 360 and then pc i had it on 360 xbox one and pc um, only had it on pc and was not a huge fan I, so I got it midnight release when it first came out. Um, oh. when I was at uni, yeah, because I I loved GTA Four. Uh, I loved I loved San Andreas, and when I heard that it was coming back into San Andreas, and I had to get the game. And you know, I loved I, it. San Andreas is overrated. Let's <gasps> calm down with the controversial opinions. <laughs> In this video. Spicy! <laughs> Settle down there, Leech. <laughs> um, I just said I don't like GTA 5, but what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what I said was... <laughs> San Andreas is overrated. <laughs> I'll quickly move on before Rooster comes Leech over there in 15 minutes the and, and murders you. Uh, yeah. nar- narratively, I really enjoyed it. I think the way that they captured the era was fantastic, as they do with all Grand Theft Auto games. They really capture the era, era that they're focusing for, on. I'm excited for 6. Yeah. yeah. As much too. as I didn't like 5, I am excited for 6, because it's probably the first GTA that I didn't get into. That's fair. I don't I don't think it's a bad game. It just... I don't know. The, just I, I think keep playing it. The, the, the content that they released for it, and the fact that there are so many people still playing it to this day shows a lot of that game's general how how good and how replayable the game is yeah in terms of its See, online I, yeah i wasn't a huge fan of gta online i've played the campaign a bunch of times i think i've finished it three or four times now 
Um, and I've gone to the extent of milking the hell out of the uh, the assassination missions and how to make your characters the most money. Um, but GTA Online just, I don't know. I never really played it with people. Um, yeah. And leaving your garage and getting blown up by a fucking attack alley was never my idea of fun. No, that's fair. I, I remember I played, as soon as the online mode came on, I played and played it and played it and played it and played it and I... I loved I loved GTA Online. It was definitely annoying, and oh, there were some decisions. I, I remember my main issue. Now that I think about it, what I like doing the online missions where you had to go and like collect an item or kill yeah. a bunch of people or whatever. And all anyone ever wanted to do on that game was uh, do the goddamn races. And I'm like, I don't play GTA to race as much as it is a car game in a way. I like the missions. Yeah. And it was like you could, if you were queuing for missions, you couldn't ever find one. You'd find a race in an instant, but it wasn't what I wanted to play the game for. No, of course. Yeah. And that was my primary thing. Like, I, I haven't even finished all the heists, though, as it goes, because I kind of just went off the game before heists even came out. And so I've done, like, the first two, and that's it. But the heists were... They were good. Um, I'm definitely not going to take away from that. But I think... Because I, oh, I played with a group of people, I never had the problems that... Maybe somebody playing, you know, with... them Playing the game themselves or with one yeah. friend... You'd run into those kind of matchmaking issues, and um, you can still run into those matchmaking issues. You know, you you always were able to. I think when Heist came out, they were a fantastic addition that brought a lot more players back. But over the years, they've they've added these bits of content that have brought the community back. Um, most recently, the casino update that brought a lot of people back, and that gave the whole game a, a completely new element. It was a lot of fun to go to the casino and waste time there. It just um, tells me people have got a gambling problem, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, I do. Uh, I know that. <laughs> we, we we all know that. Uh, <laughs> but yes, GTA Five was on there, for sure. And then Minecraft, as my bottom five, Minecraft as well. That game, as I said earlier, um, fantastic. Heavily influenced the gaming industry. Yeah, massively, in massively. And it's still, to this day, played a lot yeah that 2011 and even before 2011 to now it is still probably one of the most played and watched games without a doubt i mean the content that they're bringing into it it you know although they're small bits of content they bring so much variety into their content that it brings people back and then the modern community as i said earlier took it full swing and you know, you can you can play Minecraft for four years with different mods, and it'll feel like a completely different game every time you pick it up. Yeah, it's. I don't think any game has ever captured the imagination See, maybe, of maybe the game community because both Minecraft and Skyrim are not games I hold like on a high pedestal. Great games, but not something I hold very highly. But they're also games I never really bothered to mod. I played Skyrim basically oh, vanilla, and modding. Minecraft I barely ever modded modding is the way forward. i'm a pc gamer and i'm just like i don't mod <laughs> i think i'm missing the point are you really a pc gamer then <laughs> you're a gamer that plays on a pc yeah. <laughs> see even it's the small details so skyrim is a good example of course your um your arrow quiver is always on your back but i got a mod which put it kind of on your lower back horizontally yes. Yes. that alone <laughs> that alone 
was one of my favourite mods, and it was a visual mod. <laughs> like... How about the dual wielding one where it allowed you to have dual blades either on either hip, either back? Oh, stop. Please stop. Stop it, because that's just... Really I can't I can't get it. into that game again. <laughs> I've done it too many times. I am sick of getting too into it, going to the Thieves Guild, becoming a Nightingale, and they're just running the same pissing character who's good at archery. <laughs> like I can't play the game in any other way. Because so that's the most does, fun. Does this ring a bell? Fniz. What? Fniz sexy move. What? Never had the fni- you never had the no. Fniz. Mods. No. Uh, he worked with. Uh, it was all animation based okay. and things like that, and it completely altered how all of the rigging and movement worked. And it's basically one of the best mods you'll ever get for Skyrim. Uh, okay. Finiz sexy move, I think, was what one of them was called, and it was yeah, it just allows you to tweak how the movement animations worked so that everything wasn't so clunky, like stomp, stomp, stomp <laughs> all the time, <laughs> and you're jumping animations weren't just you crouching in the air and hovering up and down mm. okay well, I your like, legs as wide as they can like I said I'm not getting into the game again so I'm not going to look at the mod <laughs> you should because I have to force myself to not <laughs> <laughs> probably until Elder Scrolls 6 gets announced will I go back to that game yes um, but but yeah so th- that's the bottom five of my list they were in no particular order I'm going to put these in an order which depending on the mood that I'm in changes every now and again but right now in this mood my my fifth is telltale's the walking dead season one fair never got into telltale games myself but i never did and i'm not a fan of point and clicks i i I played the i played season one i don't think i ever played well yeah i did play season two but it just i don't know it didn't have the appeal that the first one did yeah, I think that was that was a problem with a lot of people in that community because it was, it was a very popular game and, you know, it was very very emotional as well because you you really invested in these characters and of course it came from a a big franchise. The The Walking Dead is a very well established franchise, and it told a story that you know revolved around different characters although occasionally some characters that you would recognize popped up every now and again for example glenn um glenn was briefly in season one. Oh and, yeah, yeah he is. and all of that popeye. kind of stuff popeye yeah. well, i was still known as um, popeye <laughs> but i think you don't you, remind me so sad <laughs> you really got I, at least for me i really got emotionally invested in that game and um the ending of it really struck a chord i mean the most i'm gonna speak about pewdiepie here but i think one of his most famous videos was when he was finishing the walking dead season one and he just starts breaking down in front of camera um and i remember i don't think i blame him he must have seen a bridge (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the game is very emotional um and it's it is very well done from a narrative perspective I don't feel like y- your choices made all that much of a difference when it got to the end um, of the game because th- the ending will always be the ending and I think a lot of people were miffed because of that but for me it it was an incredible story yeah. and 
that's why it's up there as one of my top five. The emotional roller coaster that I was on was, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that there. Uh, number four is a game that I pre ordered a couple of days before, <laughs> before it was released. I still play it to this day, and I still consider it as one of my favourite games of all time, and I will still play it for the next five years. I have every DLC package, and I can't wait for the next one to come out. Uh, that game is Stellaris. Ah, Stellaris, Never tried of course. It. I, You're I'm... always playing Stellaris. Oh, that game is incredible. I played a lot of Age of Empires 2 when I was a kid. And I really like the real-time strategy. You know, Civilization. I'm an absolute pleb when it comes to RTS. I quite like Civ 6, though, which obviously is an RTS. But... Yeah. Civ 6 is very good. Um, Civ 5 was where I started playing the Civilization franchise. And um, I, I enjoy the turn-based strategy, but it's nothing compared to RTS, in my opinion. So, like, your Age of Empires... Fantastic RTS games, Age of Mythology, those classics. I think because I'm such a sci-fi nerd, when Stellaris first came out, I was really intrigued. You know, you, you create your own race of people. You give them their own ethics, how they have their government, and then you have to interact with the rest of the galaxy through trading, through, you know, fighting, trying to build federations and all of that whilst you know improving your technological knowledge and advancing your technology to things that you've seen in multiple different sci-fi pieces so there's a lot of bringing every every piece of sci-fi you can think of bringing that together that really really intrigued me i mean you think of most sci-fi things it's most probably going to be in that game you know wormhole travel warp travel Hyperlane travel, you can you can do all of them in the game. Less so now in its recent update, but you advance your technology to be able to travel in those specific ways. You know, yeah. um, enhancing your people. Are you going to go down the route of robotics and start having human-styled AI, which other people around the verse, that kind of galaxy, do not like, and they will go to war with you on on that front. It's all in all, I love that game. The modding community had a great time with that game as well. I frequently play it with mods. I've gone back to vanilla because that's the for me that's the best way to experience the DLC. If you are, you keep mods whilst DLC is being released, you're not too sure what's a mod and what's DLC, in my opinion. So I like to I like to play vanilla first and then mod. Yeah. Um, but the updates that they've brought out are really good, and it's not like you have to have mods to enjoy the game or you have to have the dlc to enjoy the game they frequently update the game which gives it a completely different um kind of experience so they change the way that you travel across the stars uh, you at first you could choose your three options your hyperlane travel your warp travel or your wormhole travel they then condensed all of that said no you have to get to there and you'll you'll all be fixed on hyperlane travel which gives you a completely different strategic kind of movement as you go out and explore um yeah that i could sit here and talk about stellaris 
for so long. The multiplayer aspect of Stellaris is fantastic as well. It's so good. You can have like 20 people all playing different civilizations that they've created themselves through a server with all the DLC. Some of it's dumbed down because some of the DLC can be quite narrative focused, but everybody has access to certain things within that DLC. And I think that's what I loved about that game as well. It's a game I could sit there and play with friends just f for a long, long time and we'd yeah. all enjoy ourselves. I'm going to have to swiftly move on because I really could talk about Solaris. <laughs> Moving on to number so, three. So, so long. Number three is The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. Ah, very, very good. Good pick. Now, I didn't, I didn't have a PlayStation. I haven't owned a PlayStation since PlayStation 2. When I moved in with my partner, Lauren, she had a PlayStation f 4. And... Um, I was. I always wanted to play The Last of Us. I, t I saw a couple of now, videos. Now, now I think you're lying because girls don't play games. <laughs> girls aren't real. They're not a thing. Uh, <laughs> we've been through this. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I watched a lot of The Last of Us on YouTube and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I, I really want to play that game. I really like that game. But I never had the chance to because I wasn't going to go out and buy a PlayStation to play like a PlayStation 3 or Casual. PlayStation 4 to play <laughs> The Last of Us because that's all I would have played. Yeah. Um, but... She, of course, we moved in. She had the PlayStation 4. So I bought the remastered edition for the PlayStation 4. And what a game. It is a fantastic narrative piece. I mean, I, I talked about The Walking Dead and it having an emotional impact on me. I have never played a game within the first 10 minutes. I was so close to just breaking down. And I don't know these characters. I don't know what's going on. I've got absolutely no emotional connection to any of these characters. And within the first 10, 15 minutes of the game, I was nearly broken. That's how good the narrative of that game is. And seeing the main character as broken as he is after the event, 10 years later. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, I can't explain it. Uh, that's. It's so right. good. That, that <laughs> opening section of the game, even after going back, gets me. Yeah, I'm is... not gonna lie. I went, I went back. I played the, I played the original on PS3. Uh, I do have the remaster on PS4 as well. Um, and I was, I was playing it, and I think I took a, a picture of the scene. Um, it, it's years later. We can talk about the scene, can't we? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's years later. So obviously, when when she gets shot, yeah, um, and he's holding on to it, and he, like he turns around, and then when he realizes, I took the a picture and I sent the picture to Lichi, and I was just saying like, gets me every time. And I'm pretty sure he replied with something like, oh lord, oh no. <laughs> it, it, it's heartbreaking. It's such an impactful scene for a game. Yes, but that's that's what I mean. A game that can do that within the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. Whoever wrote that is just yeah, a, an artist that they've done so well with the narrative of that game. There was no point that I was bored playing through that game. I enjoyed yeah. every damn second of it. Every second of it. The relationship between the two main characters are fantastic, and I cannot wait for The Last of Us Two. But I'm so yes. worried. I'm so so worried that they may spoil it. Yeah, 
Yeah, like, it's not live up to the first. Or... Yeah, uh, that's the thing. I think so many people may be disappointed because it might not be as good as the first. If it is, then oh my god, how the hell am I going to contain myself when we do this in ten years' time? I'll be going <laughs> number one, The Last of Us Two. I swear to God. <laughs> um, but the community is going to expect so much from The Last of Us Two that I genuinely do not think sometimes it's hard to live up to yeah. you, know the, you know the hardest part about a game with a fantastic story is knowing that you'll never experience it for the first time again i know yeah it's always oblivion. special isn't it? uh, it's still... <laughs> oblivion i will never ever walk out of those sewers for the first time and see those ruins <laughs> across the water ever again i will never walk over there like ooh, what's this and have the two bandits in fur armor screaming at me to die <laughs> that sounds like a friday to me <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah never again will i experience that again that was such a glorious moment but that's not this decade so no no unfortunately whatever not. move on jumping around everywhere athletics has gone up level up <laughs> yes all the way yes Okay, so, final two. Now, this was a very difficult choice for me. Um, because was it I Am Bread? Yeah, it was, 100%. <laughs> both, both of these games are so, so good. Um, my second game of this decade is Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Yeah. No surprises there. I know how much you that game i love that game even from the announcement trailer when it was like the dark you know the um the dragon wall at dragon's keep oh yeah it's like and then it was the really kind of croaky voice and it was like dragonborn and and then the dragon came out and then the music i was going up there tom oh my god I still get chills now. Like yeah. <laughs> that's how good that game was. And one, 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 one. Oh, it was so good. That whole announcement trailer. I've never been hyped for a game more than I was hyped for Skyrim. And you know what? It lived up to that hype. That's the only yes. game. Uh, actually, number one is now that game. But that is one of but... the only games I can sit sit there and say I was so hyped for, and it absolutely met. Delivered my hype through and yeah. through. Seeing a dragon for the first time, this absolute behemoth in front of you, when you're just outside of White Run, you just go, "What is that?" And then it just explodes fire right in your face. You're like, "Oh my god, he's smashing me!" But this is the best experience of my life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's melting my face, but I want more. Um, <laughs> And then it was just the whole, just the whole so game. Sexual. And then you, I, I know that's how good it was. That's why I'm, a, I'm so upset that it's not my first one, <laughs> like my, my top game. Because I, I have said it for the past year or so that my top game I consider better and more enjoyable, and I've had a better time playing it than Elder Scrolls Five. But Skyrim was a, just incredible. It had its issues, as with every game. Yeah. Um, this one it was glitchy the loading times were quite long but for a game that was back in 2011 when that came out that game was incredible there is no two ways about it 
I would have arguments over it, with anyone over it. The game was so good for its time. So, so good. The side quests were amazing in the moments. I don't think I've ever had chills quite like moments that I had in Skyrim. Like I said, the first time you see a dragon. So, oh, yeah. And not, not Alduin at the start of the game. That's incredible, but you can't do anything. The first time you fight a dragon. Mm-hmm. And the fact yeah, that they... Oh, it, it's just my so My ancestors good. are smiling upon me, Imperial. Yeah. Can you say the same? <laughs> I uh, uh so before you move on to your uh number one, yeah. I actually managed to successfully open a D and D session with a Skyrim cart reference. Oh, <laughs> so we ended yes. one D and D session with uh, everyone having saved the town and they'd managed to barter passage with one of the traders uh, on the back of his you know wagon, his cart. Um, to the next harbour town where they could leave the island because they were on a small island. Well, um, I opened the next uh, session with a bit of an on-rails thing, which is often frowned upon by D&D, but it was for comedy, um, where I had Leechy's character uh, hearing the trundle of wheels on a uh, on a pathway and the trotter hooves and as he wakes up he looks over at one of the other characters who says hey you you're finally awake you were caught <laughs> trying to cross the border with the, with that thief over there um, <laughs> and he he then wakes up screaming no todd no um and then realizes that no he's actually seeing the uh, sea elf and the dragonborn uh, that are his companions you're a hero <laughs> you're a hero um, okay so I'm going to stop fangirling over Skyrim now and bring you to my top game of 2020 um, it's actually only recently come out within the last two years I think yeah mm-hmm. it's um, I have never been more immersed and more impressed in a game in uh, my I life. Know what's coming, I think I've never had an experience quite like this game. It, I just genuinely think it is the best game of twenty of that decade of the last decade. Uh, that for me is Red Dead Redemption Two. Ah, uh, yeah. okay, yeah, not what I thought. What were you thinking? I thought you were about to spout uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. No, and I was like, no, well, you no, said it came out in the last no, ten years. So. No, 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 no. No, yeah, no. Red, Red Dead Redemption Two was probably one of the best single-player games yes. of recent years. That now I'm I'm taking the online out of it completely because you're never going to get a a fantastic online experience like you would GTA Five as a comparison. It's just it's a lot slower. The yeah. world's more dead for a narrative reason. But the story of Red Dead Redemption 2 was so very good. It was, you know, graphically, it was one of the most gorgeous games I've ever seen. Side missions were a lot of fun. And the the world felt alive. You wouldn't walk through the barren wastelands and nothing happen. You know, you would randomly find people... Who were obviously scripted to be there, but the developers had gone into so much detail in a single-player mode that 
you were never bored. In my opinion, anyway. At no point was I ever bored. Even through the bits where you just normally walk through things as part of the narrative, they would deliberately start moving the camera in a specific way and deliberately start playing a specific song yeah. to like, really uh, keep you immersed. I, I remember this um, this one time. Uh, I was just travelling between missions. Back I think I was going to, going to see... Um, <laughs> You know my next. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you know my, my my next mission giver, and uh, there was this guy that had been bitten by a snake or something. Yes, um, I know. Oh, the guy the medicine by a snake. Yes, he saved his life. And then, uh, oh man, it must have been like three hours later. Um, in, in real time, uh, I make it to this town. It's the first time I'm visiting this new town. And the dude is sat outside the gun shop and he gives yeah. you like a token to just go in and get a free customization or a free weapon. And it's like if you didn't save him all that time ago, you don't get that. Yeah. And it's just th that those little things, like even the the silly little scenarios where, you know, someone's been kidnapped, so you kill the bandits and untire. And then tie her up yourself and take her back to uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> well, well then. But yeah, it was just like taking part in those little scenarios gave you some kind of reward, whether it was immediate or later on down the line. Yeah. You know, they weren't completely without meaning. And and that's the thing. Nothing kind of just started and ended straight away. Every action that you completed, usually there was follow up to that. And then there was there yeah. were really interesting stories like the um, the murder mystery stories that they put into the game. I I never did them, never completed them, but occasionally I'd run across different parts of the world where oh, yeah, and there were like, bits like body parts and, and yeah. yeah, and it's those little details that they put into that game that made the entire experience and so immersive. So yeah, interesting. It's a marvel of like living worlds. Absolutely. It's fantastic for making the worlds feel and seem alive. And it did that. I think it set out to do that, and I think it did that. And I yes. don't think anybody was disappointed with the with the story, the single player story. I don't think there is a person alive who can actively sit there and say, really they didn't enjoy it for a good reason. And I'm saying yeah. that as, oh, I don't like these kind of games. That's not a good reason. <laughs> what yeah. ending um, Sorry, go on. What ending did you get? I went for the good ending. Yeah, did you get the fully good ending? Yes. Did you get the secret cutscene? What's the secret cutscene? With his horse? No. You didn't get the secret... Oh... I, which, so, which part are you talking about? Where um, so he... it's right. It's it's at the end as you, as you and uh, John are escaping. Um, where he says thank right. you. Yeah, yeah, mate. Please don't bring that up because I really don't want to cry. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it only happens if you have full companionship with your horse before that scene. Yeah, I I had that. Otherwise, doesn't trigger. Because I got um, do you, do you know the. The three rare horses that you can get yeah. across the world. I got the one in the the white one in the in the mountains, and yeah. I got that that horse early, and I held that. I think I called a snow, and I had that horse the entire way through the game, and then when she died, and he leant down and said thank you, that broke me. 
Yeah, that was sad. That destroyed me. <laughs> that really did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like reliving that shit. <laughs> that, All right, okay. No, 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 no. That, that, that was... That was... That was so good. Like that, that whole game for me is my favorite game of the decade. Because yeah, no, of, it, it is one of the top top games yeah. of the decade. To be fair, purely on how it looked, how immersive yeah. it was, its gameplay mechanics were on point. Um, yeah, its attention to detail was incredible, and the actions that you make as a character really did affect the the narrative. Like those small nuances of narrative that weren't part of the main story you know and even even after the game ends when you're playing as john they still managed to tie in all of the stuff that you missed as arthur throughout that game they still managed to tie it in so that you could continue that as john oh nice um so for example the guy who's shouting after his mate what's oh the- yeah, he's looking for his, uh, oh, what's his name? Every now and then at night time, he'd be drunk, wouldn't he? Yeah. And he's like, have you seen my friend? Gavin. <laughs> the Gary Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> have you seen my mate Gavin? Um, he. I never found him. I never found Gavin, but when you're, um, when you're playing as John, which is like five, ten years later, you when you're going through a town... Or at least I had this experience because I never completed that quest line. He's there and he's like sitting on the street or something. He's like, I've not seen my mate Gavin for years. And like, it's an (laughs) obvious continuation on that quest line. But as if it would happen 10, 10, 15 years later. Like, yeah. That that level of detail is why, for me, that is the best game of this decade. Excuse me, this decade. I didn't think of it, but I can probably agree with you there. Mm-hmm. But that's me. That's my 10. I'm really intrigued to hear your your right, last ones because so, they're the same, yeah, aren't they? It, yeah, this is going to probably... This discussion will end out the video. It's been a bit of a long one, but we are talking the whole decade, so understandable that it's a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but the one that we agreed on that is a massively underrated and it's we still think about the game today is Medal of Honor Warfighter slash okay. 2010 if you want to try and rope that in with it but primarily Medal of Honor Warfighter the game ended up being the death of the series Medal of Honor in general but we don't blame the game we blame IGN so Medal <laughs> of Honor Warfighter um, built on what Medal of Honor 2010 had done um and that was to make a gritty a rugged shooter now for both of them story-wise their campaigns are the greatest first-person shooter campaigns i've ever played in my life no other first-person shooter they were short and sweet but they were but they were very well both games were games that when the credits rolled I sat there and I just sat there in awe. I think it was Warfighter, I think pretty much brought a tear to my eye. I I sat there at the end of Warfighter just like, whoa. I think what helped was the fantastic choice of music. 
two Linkin Park songs. Um, I think it was Castle of Glass and... The Catalyst for 2010. The Catalyst for 2010 was the credit one. And then Castle of Glass was the credit role music for Warfighter. And both of them were so perfectly chosen for the story, for the campaigns, and just the way the endings hit you, I think. As far as first-person shooter storylines go, absolutely phenomenal. Um, But they definitely really did something a bit more gritty. Now, first-person shooters are trying to trying to be more gritty these days, particularly with looking at um, the new Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think anything has been able to capture the brutality and the, the grittiness like the two Medal of Honors did. Um, but also with the multiplayer for Warfighter, it was clunky and weighty and things like that and um, timing and stuff felt really yeah but yeah the, the reloads like they they didn't feel just like really easy like you you really felt it when they were reloading reloading a magazine and putting the bolt and we absolutely loved it it also had the operator sort of style that some other games have gone for recently where you had members of each sort of special forces uh, you had SAS soldiers you had Navy SEAL soldiers you had a, you know, I think there was uh, some gigging in there I believe um, yeah. but they were like all like tier 1 operatives but th- it had some issues I didn't experience as many issues as other people said that, um, they have but there were definitely some issues with it but what really, really killed the game and killed the series, in my opinion, was the way IGN marketed the game, which is not how it was intended to be marketed by Danger Close. So when Medal of Honor Warfighter was first being marketed, everywhere, all you could find was IGN repeatedly spouting their reviews and stuff and all they ever called called it was the cod killer the cod killer this game's gonna kill cod it's basically like cod but better oh it's gonna destroy cod it is a better version of cod and it didn't play like cod at all cod is a very yeah cod is a very arcadey shooter cod is great I, i love call of duty but it's very arcadey. Everything is very quick, very clean. Whereas this game was slow and clunky, but it was supposed to be. And yeah, it played a lot more like Battlefield, only it wasn't vehicle-based. It was only infantry-based. Um, but gunplay-wise, it played like Battlefield, but slightly clunkier. And I loved that. But because of the fact that it was repeatedly marketed as this is basically COD, it's better than COD, it's the COD killer. The game released, it was primarily picked up by people who were expecting a COD-like experience. They didn't get that experience. And then IGN did nothing but spread loads of bad reviews about how it was trying to be a COD killer and failed. It's not better than COD. It plays nothing like COD. Why does everybody want this game when they think it's going to be like um, COD? And, and just, I don't think I ever seen IGN talk about Medal of Honor Warfighter without COD being the main topic. And I I fully hold that accountable for the downfall of Medal of Honor in general. 
because of the fact the Medal of Honor was never meant to be. Like, the closest Medal of Honor on COD have ever been is back in the old days, back when you had the first three Call of Duties. They back were when COD was built off of the Medal of Honor team. Yeah. Exactly. But modern day Call of Duty, it played nothing like the well, modern day Medal of Honor. And so I honestly think that the only reason that that game ended up being a failure and Danger Close ended up shutting down, most of the team being absorbed into, I believe, the Battlefield 4 developers. Yeah, because my first experience of uh, playing Battlefield 4, I used to comment on how like the reloads of certain weapons on Battlefield 4 felt, felt like Warfighter. very Warfighter-esque. And it turns out a lot of the Warfighter devs went on to help development of Battlefield 4. So anyone who absolutely loves Battlefield 4, but thinks they hated Warfighter, should go back and think about Warfighter. I wonder if really it was the marketing and the hype that was the problem, not the game. Because I honestly don't think it was the game. It's one of my all-time... It had issues that went unfixed. But yes, yes. I don't it, think don't they were... Not a perfect game. Not a perfect game. It had bugs. But the main complaint about the game particularly as shilled by IGN I have never forgiven IGN I detest IGN to this day because of this was the fact that if you searched Warfighter before release all you could ever find was IGN comparing it to COD and if you searched Warfighter after release all you could find was IGN talking about how it failed at being the COD killer and it did not fail because that was never its mission it was. Mission failed. We'll get it next. <laughs> Mission failed. We'll get them next time. Quality reference. But yeah, I honestly feel like Medal of Honor um, 2010 was great. Loved it. But Warfighter um, was just phenomenal. And I go back um, and dabble in them from from time to time. I think I went back to War uh, 2010 a little while back to play the campaign because the campaigns still hold up today. They. Um, they just are fantastic and the multiplayers were just incredibly enjoyable but they died because they weren't what ign marketed them as also go. um 2010 for example had a system that uh was basically adopted by um many battlefield games later so um they're like upgrade things they weren't like kill streaks they were more like score streaks but as you built up score it allowed you to purchase certain minor upgrade options, uh, a lot like how the Battlefield 5's squad uh, point system works now, where you can call things in and stuff like that. There's a lot that Medal of Honor 2010 and Warfighter did that, although the, those games are now dead, they left their mark on many other games. A lot of people don't realize that. So yeah, there there's my controversial... Your top 10. I think you yeah. pretty much explained it very well for Leechy as well. <laughs> uh, to the yeah, reasons any, as to why. Any, any, anything key you feel I missed there, Leech, Or do you just primarily agree with what I said then? No, yeah, I fucking... I, I think that the multiplayer as well, not just the campaign, but the multiplayer had its place, was great fun. Um was one of the first games I know of to have had the buddy system where you always had that one guy that as long as he was alive, he'd spawn in. Um, yeah. And it 
it you gained so many extra points for working alongside them. And it was like it was just things that games do now that honestly Warfighter did too. I think it's a very underrated game that was killed primarily by bad reviewers. Not just IGN, but I think there were other review uh, sites out there that were like, are we finally getting the, the game that could dethrone COD? And, you know, it's looking to be a lot like Call of Duty, and it just, there it was wasn't. never its intention. And anybody paying actual attention to the development of the game and, uh, like, listening to what the devs had to say, it that wasn't their intention at all. Um, yeah. Like, we're, we're talking about a time where Call of Duty was just fucking run and gun and there was no real like i can't say that call of duty didn't have some kind of authenticity behind it but it's not it wasn't the point of a cod game i think at the time yeah warfighter at the time to be honest so maybe modern warfare 3 100 percent um but yeah like for me warfighter set out to do something different but everybody thought that it wasn't aiming to do that and so when it did do that, and it wasn't the COD-like game that everybody was expecting because of all the respectable, and I say that with quotation, um, all the respectable reviewers were saying, oh yeah, it's basically a COD game, but it'll, yeah. it'll be better. Um, um, it, it was Black Ops 2 was the COD that released that year. Black Ops 2 was... So Black, uh, COD, when it was at its height of boots on the ground, but everything is super fast. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Yeah. That's the uh, our decades. I think there's definitely some honourable mentions in there. Um, some you may say, Meh. um, in terms of honourable mentions, I, 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 I think... ha yeah, I have an honourable mention. Can think of it? Go, go on, on. Then. Uh, quickly. Not in too much Max, detail. <laughs> Max Payne Three. Yes. Some of the best shooting and time play mechanics in a third-person shooter I've ever experienced. It is so satisfying to nail somebody in the head on that game. Like, it's way up there. It's storytelling's a bit wacko. Um, the Max Payne games uh, always were. But for its core gun mechanics, honestly, I think Max Payne 3, well up there. Yeah. It's so much fun. That That is a fantastic game. That really is. I didn't. I completely forget that how good that game was. Same with, um, definitely I agree with you on that. Well, Max Payne 3. I'm not sure if this was this decade. Um... Oh, it's disappeared out of my head now. Splinter Cell Conviction. Conviction. Yes. Massively underrated. I Massively think. underrated. I, I love don't conviction. know. I don't know if it was this decade. It might have been like two thousand and nine. Th I'm. I'm I not one hundred percent sure. Uh, Naughty. Two thousand ten. It was two twenty ten. Two thousand and ten. Yep. Thirteenth of April, twenty ten. That game was just about so good. I loved I wanna, Conviction. I want to very quickly say then. Um, Squad. Yes. Not uh, something I've played, but... Um... Squad, if you're a uh, Milsim uh, player, if you like things like Armour 3, then the state of Squad um, of recent is a very, very good game. Okay. Not fair. I've got two more. Um, Go this one is very much community, but I feel it went the same way as Minecraft. It was quite revolutionary. And whilst it's not always done and always played, people consistently do go back to it. Um, but Pokemon Go. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, was... that's, that's an interesting one, yeah. But no, I, I get I get your reasoning. Yeah, it's um, it wasn't the greatest game in the world, but you know what? It did something that no game really has ever done before. It got people up and out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it got people talking to each other. There were times where a lot of mainstream attention, yes, which is rare for a game. But it was all warranted. It was uh, granted it had problems because I don't think the creators of the game were expecting it to be as popular as it was. But I mean, I remember going out walking for miles on end with some friends, seeing other people at stops, having conversations with them about the game, all whilst the servers were completely dying because so many people were trying to play. <laughs> yeah. That that definitely belongs up there as one of the one of the best games of this decade I believe just just for how influential it yeah, was. Yeah, influential it was. And there's so many games Everyone that are now coming out because of it. Of course they do. And everybody yeah. at some point with a smartphone has most probably played it. Um so yeah, that definitely gets up there for me and one that might be a bit controversial, but Titanfall. Titanfall's great. So my reasoning for Titanfall is you've got Call of Duty, which is your fast-paced arcade shooter, but it was also a point where you would run around the map for ages, not see anyone, then just die, which I think I, <laughs> it, that's quite frustrating. Um, your Medal of Honor and your Battlefield games which is very very objective based and very you know that's like a you feel like you're in a more open scale war and all of that stuff um but both of those games required somewhat a measurement of skill with titanfall because you had you know npcs and it, there was a little bit of pve with its pvp and you know getting into a massive titan mech and still having that fast-paced action, I think that that caught both sides of that kind of you know that that divide between Call of Duty and um... oh what I've just said it <laughs> uh, Battlefield. I nah, think yeah. I, I think that caught both communities quite well. The first Titanfall. Um, I think that did yeah. very well. The Titanfall is a very good honourable mention. I do like uh, the first Titanfall. It definitely did something. Well, it did something that COD later followed. Yes. But... And, uh, it was it was the dark days of COD when it followed it. Yeah, it but... tried to be too much like it. Yeah, COD tried to be Titanfall for a time, and it, it was probably the, yeah, the, the, the darkest era of yeah. COD. But uh, it tried to be like Titanfall for a very good reason. Because Titanfall was a very good game. Yeah. Yeah. Through and was. through. Um, okay, they're my honourable mentions. Uh, do you guys have any more quickly before I move on to the next last bit? <laughs> um, no. That's... No? Yeah, no, I think I'm done. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so that leads me to what do you guys think is the game of the decade? I think, personally, my top three may... <laughs> be running that in terms of community impact um replayability and just how much of a good time i think a lot of people had those being elder scrolls 5 skyrim red dead redemption 2 and the last of us 
purely, mm. I think it would be one of those. I don't know if that's the same opinion you two have. See, it wasn't in my top 10 list, but once we started talking about it, I could probably agree with Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, if anything, I'm thinking it maybe should have been in my list. Um, <laughs> as, I, as I was making the list, it, it's not something that came to mind at, at the time, but as soon as you mentioned it, I just... I could agree with it and talking about the the level of detail yeah. in that game and the the attention to detail more importantly um it's just a remarkable piece of game design and any games that can even come close to the attention to detail that that game has is set up to be a good game mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I, I could agree with red dead redemption too so is that what we're going with? Our game of the decade is yep. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. see that. There we go. I, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you but, thought there was going to be controversial opinions, but yeah. now as soon as you mentioned it, I was just like, yeah, no, I think he's right there. It, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be hard for anybody who at least liked that game to not say that it was... It is one of the greatest games ever produced. Yeah. Um, Rockstar. They do really good games. Red Dead Redemption uh, I, 2. I, I, I would just like to apologise to the poor, poor developers that to deal with the crunch for that game. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic game. I'm sorry you had such a shit time. Yes. Because, you know, there is the controversy of the Rockstar crunch. On that cheery note, uh, <laughs> right, of course, um, anybody who is still here um, after two hours and ten minutes, fair play. Cause I mean, we were talking about the whole decade. Yeah, true. I'm not too sure if I'm going to split it out. But, of course, with anything, I think knowing what your opinions are and, you know, what your favourite games of the decade are, because we're all gamers, we all love talking about games obviously we've just done it for the last two hours uh, <laughs> just um, call it the two hour decade special yeah that's it um we want to know your opinions as well we really would like you guys to get a little bit involved what did you think of our opinions all Me that Reba kind of definitely jazz. want to hear it Leachy doesn't no He's yeah <laughs> <laughs> Leachy um, thinks you keep your opinions to yourself but we would love to hear more <laughs> <laughs> and we're more than happy to comment back and have a chat with you guys in the comment section below sorry it was so long um, I think it warranted it <laughs> though and I don't think at any point we kind of weren't relevant to what we were trying to achieve I kind yeah. of wish I didn't do the 15 minute start a segment <laughs> <laughs> of what you've been playing because I didn't think it was going to last this long But uh, maybe we should have done top 5 instead of top 10 uh I don't bear know. that in mind. Top five would have been a lot harder because it would have been quite difficult for me to not have put been Minecraft harder, in. But it would have been probably half the length of video. Yeah, but not having Minecraft in there yeah. Yeah. is... That's a difficult one because it would either have to be Stellaris or The Walking Dead Season 1 that was removed and... Yeah, that's by the by. But <laughs> anyway, we're finally ending it there. Um, it's going to take me about four days to listen back to this on my trips <laughs> to and from work. But thank you, anyone who is still here. We really appreciate the time. 
and we're really Thank thankful for anybody who has seen the previous ones. And I tell you, what, I'm looking forward to more podcasts and bringing more content like this. So hopefully, you guys don't run away. <laughs> that that's roost and leechy. Hopefully, you guys don't run away. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, you've still got my wife and kids. So. <laughs> Told you, you're not getting them back. Anyway. We're going to end it. So thank you so much, everyone who's still there. We shall see you guys, hopefully, um, within the next couple of weeks. Depends on how burnt out we are. But please do let us know your opinions. And I'm going to say goodbye now. So thank Toodles. you again. See ya.